Wednesdays with Walton. We do this every Wednesday in the baseball season, out of the baseball season, or even during a lockout. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, the preeminent authority on the Cardinals minor league system, also with a close eye what's happening at the major league level. And we're brought to you by Stratum Structural Systems. See more at stratumrepair.com if you have issues with your basement. So we're talking about a wide variety of foundation and basement problems, such as water in your basement, cracks in the foundation, the settling, uh, also installation of egress windows. Think Stratum, and all you have to do, wonderful website, very easy to navigate to find the issues that maybe you have, and they can fix it. It's stratumrepair.com. That's stratumrepair.com. Hey, Brian, good morning to you, and uh, thanks for hopping on as always. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. It's great to be talking about baseball, although I wish we could uh, say that there was more happening on the negotiation front. It certainly doesn't feel uh, optimistic about spring training starting on time, but we've you know got another month or so to go. Yeah, we do, and I guess you got to stay patient and optimistic like we are going to try to be. But there has been some of the, the business of baseball happening. We saw that around the major leagues in terms of international signings. The Cardinals have hit on a few of these the last few years. They're no longer in the system, but they have hit on some players that that turned out to be good signings. And I give Gary LaRock, and I think you'll agree with this, a lot of credit and his team for developing these players. But uh, let's go into the international signings of the Cardinals and, and how they fared. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it starts with the scouting and Moises Rodriguez, who is the prior international director now, uh, an assistant general manager, and Luis Morales and their team, you know, are out, you know, trying to surface these young players, whether they be in the Dominican Republic or Venezuela. They've, you know, picked up players from uh, Aruba and, you know, places Bahamas where you don't normally search for ball players. And then, as you said, it's up to Gary LaRock and player development to take these kids, most of whom are 16 years old or 17 years old at most when they sign, and, you know, bring them through the system relatively quickly uh, before they can reach, you know, Rule 5 eligibility or, or free agent eligibility and make them into major leagues. And the Cardinals have had a good history, um, the Alex Reyeses and uh, Edmundo Sosas, Carlos Martinez, Oscar Tavares, you know, guys who came up, you know, through that international program. But in the recent years, you know, kind of after the Junior Fernandez-Sosa gang, it's kind of dried up a little bit. And so, you know, the Cardinals are, you know, redoubling their efforts this year and came went out and uh, – picked up a, a player that was in the top 15 of all the um, national scouting reports of the players that were available in the international draft. Uh, it's a shortstop uh, named Mejia, who uh, is a switch hitter, has a strong arm, and um, you know, looks like a guy who you know, might even be ready to start in the U.S., although you know, a lot of times they start these guys in the um, Dominican Summer League for a year or two to get their feet on the, uh, the ground in professionals. And Jonathan Mejia uh, is from the Dominican Republic, is a good ball player, and uh, it, they paid reportedly up to uh, $2 million of their $6 million-plus budget. So, you know, they're, they're banking a lot on this young man. They haven't given a $2 million budget or, or even close to $2 million on any uh, prospect for a long, long time. But a, a guy who's in the top 15 like that is going to get that kind of money. You know, I'm curious, Brian, and maybe you can explain it to the fans out there, how this all works in terms of the international signing period um, and, and how it works for various teams, the allotment of money. Some have more, some have less, and just how it all uh, kind of plays out. Yeah, folks are probably um, familiar with the term July 2nd signings. Right. It used to be that the international signing period each year started on July 2nd and ran till June 15th. 
But with the COVID and the minor league systems being canceled and financial problems and all, the Major League Baseball basically extended the previous international signing period to about 18 months. So that made the anniversary date sort of be at the end of the year, beginning of the year instead. And so that's what they're doing again going forward. So this year the period starts on January 15th and it runs through December 15th. And the reason that there are so many signings on the first day, the Cardinals announced a dozen players signed the first day. The reason is that they can come to an, an informal agreement with these players and their agents and representatives far in advance. And so then it's just a matter of when the signing day comes formally announcing it, but the deals were in place, the physicals and all the things that needed to be done were kind of all set. So uh, you saw across baseball, literally several hundred players all signed on the first day. The teams are given the, it used to be that the international draft was a, uh, a wild West show. Basically teams could spend as much as they wanted on whoever they wanted, wherever they wanted to go. And so you saw some crazy contracts given, especially when the Cubans started to become available. Uh, uh, you saw guys like Yasmani Tomas and some others, you know, get, get huge money. Now other guys like Jose Abreu turned out that, you know, that they, that they deserve it. And maybe uh, Luis Robert, who you know, looks like he's off to his front career, but Luis Robert, you know, cost the White Sox $52 million. And that's a heck of a lot of money for a 16 year old from Cuba who hasn't played any professional ball in, outside of his home country. But anyway, major league baseball decided, okay, we got to govern ourselves. So instead of allowing everybody to pretty much spend whatever they want, they put spending limits in place, sort of like for the amateur draft in the U S. So they said, okay, every major league team gets, Roughly six million dollars. We'll take some away if you're if you went over your um, your uh, salary cap, the major leagues, or you know if you did some sign too many guys or whatever. But basically, it's around six million dollars, and you you major league teams can sign as many players as you can fit into that amount. Um, and and if you want to fill up the back end, any guys over that are under ten thousand don't count against the total. So the Cardinals traditionally have been more of a quantity versus quality. They, they started a second Dominican Summer League team, so they can have 70 players basically active in the Dominican Summer League every year. Now, they're not, they're not all signed that year. They're signed over a two- or three-year period. But the point is they basically doubled the amount of international players that they can throw in the mill. But this year around they decided, well, you know, we're going to spend a little money on a, you know, a lot of money on a top guy. Um, and they also then you know, picked up a couple of others, a catcher, Luis Rodriguez from Venezuela, and a, a guy that's got a lot of attention, Juan Ben Cho, who's a, uh, an outfielder from Korea. And they paid those guys roughly in the half-million-dollar range as the reported bonuses. So not as much, but still, the Cardinals have, this year uh, you know, have spent more money on some higher-end players, maybe hoping they can find the next Oscar Tavares or, or Carlos Martinez. Yeah, I always find it fascinating. I mean, you can look at some of the intangibles of a baseball player, how hard they throw, maybe bat speed, some of the analytics that you look at with a player, even on video you can do that. And then you say, let's look at his body uh, because these kids are so young. For instance, Mejia, switch hitter, he'll be 17 in April. He was ranked 12th by Baseball America. Rodriguez, you talked about him. He's 17 from Venezuela. And then you have the young man, as you just mentioned at the very end, that's getting a lot of publicity, a power hitter, 6'2", 200 pounds, left-handed hitter, 18-year-old from South Korea. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I guess you got to project what they may look like and how they grow into their bodies. And it's just it's an inexact science, but there is some thought process, obviously, that goes into this. Yeah, there's a lot of history. And, again, these players have been scouted for multiple years 
by you know every organization. There were some folks who you know came to me and said, hey, you know maybe they maybe Cho you know they got cheap because others didn't know about him. And it's like, well, no, that's not the case. He's been performing in showcase events in the U.S. and was actually in Atlanta uh, before the before the January fifteenth, you know, working out for teams. So you know, there's there's not these guys are these all the good guys are they're well known across baseball, but all these teams have to figure out, like you said try to project, okay, you know, what's Cho, what's his build going to be? What, how's he going to develop as an adult when he's, you know, barely 18 years old? And that's part of the reason, because the journey is still so far between these guys and reaching the major leagues, you know, there's, there's some risk in it, and that's why a lot of these guys, international guys don't come to pass. But teams realize it's such a fertile talent bed that they have to, you know, continue to cast their nets and, you know, try to find players from that because, uh, you know, there's been a lot of very good major league players who've come out of Latin America. You know, you mentioned Moises Rodriguez, and he probably does not get enough attention for in a positive manner and how well he has done behind the scenes with some of these signings. Uh, and I think it's Michael Gersh and John Mosellock that get a lot of the credit because they're front and center, and that's the way it works in baseball. But there's others like Matt Slater. You know, Matt Slater has been going to South Korea and Japan and these places to go try to find some of these players, and he's hit on these players. So he d- he deserves some credit too, doesn't he? That's right. Matt Slater's a special assistant to the general manager, longtime baseball guy. Uh, he doesn't look like he's in his 40s, upper 40s, but but uh, you know, he's been around a long, long time. I think the last time I ran into Matt actually was in the Miami airport. He was transferring to travel, go overseas to go see somebody, and he's constantly on the road. And, and Matt Slater's been a guy who's invested a lot in the Cardinals' relationships in the East. And so the, the Cho signing is one that Matt Slater was actually there in Atlanta for the signing. Uh, the special assistant and you know it takes a whole organization to get things done you know there you know you see the guys that are front and center because you know they get paid the big bucks to be the spokesman for the team but you mentioned Moises Rodriguez he's a, a former um, employee of Major League Baseball Central Office joined the Cardinals ran the international program now as assistant general manager moved from Jupiter where he was before to St. Louis and he's been mentioned uh, as a potential general manager candidate across baseball because um, he's very very good at what he does and of course, you know he's also um, a minority as well, which is an area that Major League Baseball hasn't performed as well as they'd like. I I think Moises Rodriguez definitely has uh, what it takes to be a general manager in Major League Baseball someday. Yeah, there's no question about it. Bilingual as well, and and has done a really good job with the Cardinals. Again, this is our visit with Brian Walton every Wednesday, brought to you by Stratum Structural Systems, waterproofing, foundation repair, basement waterproofing, foundation repair, uh, concrete leveling, egress windows. They can help you. Great website, very easy to navigate to find out what you need for your home at stratumrepair.com. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Baseball America came out with their top 100 prospects. Also, there's Baseball HQ, not quite the same, but yet both uh, those particular entities had the Cardinals and their prospects. A few of those guys ranked pretty high and uh, a, a fair amount in the top 100. And I know fans, that probably puts a smile on their face, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And, you know, there seems to be a general consensus about the Cardinal system that there are three guys that are sort of the cream of the crop, and then there's a a drop-off to the next level. And what I'm talking about specifically is Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Matthew Libertor. And then the next tier is sort of Yvonne Herrera, Mason Wynn, Juan Yepes, Zach Thompson, McGreevy, etc. So, you know, these top three guys, the two third basemen, Walker and Gorman, 
uh, are, are appearing on all national top 100 lists. The only question is going to be, you know, how high they are. And then Libertor, of course, the left-handed pitcher who pitched a full season at AAA last year and is another guy that we'll see in the majors this coming year, uh, is also in, you know, all the national top 100s that we've seen so far. Baseball America uh, has has um, Walker and Gorman in their top 35 and Libertor in their top 50. So that's not, I mean, the Cardinals have three prospects in the national top 150, according to the base, excuse me, to the top 50, according to Baseball America. Baseball HQ is more aggressive on the two-third basemen. They're both in their top 25, but Libertor is at 72 for Baseball HQ, so they're not quite as high on him. But still, you look across, you know, the baseball, and there's 30 organizations, obviously, and in 100 prospects, the organization's fair share is three. So the Cardinals are, you know, there in terms of numbers. But, again, these two-third basemen are in the top, you know, the top third, certainly, or the top quarter, depending on who you look at, of prospects across baseball. The one interesting thing that's happening, uh, and I'm not there yet personally, but I see why logic says that, you know, based on the tremendous debut that Jordan Walker had in 2021, first at low A and then at high A, folks are looking at him and saying, I think he has a higher ceiling than Nolan Gorman. And for me, Nolan Gorman's proven that he can play at AAA. He played in the Arizona Fall League, albeit briefly. He's on the cusp of the majors. And I'm personally not quite there to say that Walker is a better prospect than Gorman, but I certainly can't argue with someone who feels otherwise. And, you know, we're going to see in 2022 whether Jordan Walker's challenged at AA, whether he returns to high A for a while. But, uh, you know, AA, what the old Texas League where Springfield plays, is known as a place where a lot of power hitters have emerged. And, you know, Walker emerged pretty well last year, but if he, you know, continues to grow like he has, you know, he has the potential to be a top 10 prospect in baseball. Very yeah. exciting player, Jordan Walker. Oh, there's no doubt. And and I'm sure he's going to get an invite to Major League Camp, and we're going to see him a little bit if and when we have spring training. So I'm, I'm really fired up about that. Um, I, I think, Brian, it is a foregone conclusion. I don't even think we should debate whether or not the DH is coming. I, I think that'll be one of the easy points of this uh, CBA to figure out, hey, do you want the the DH? Yep. Okay. You want it? Yeah. Okay, great. We got it. So let's just assume that we're going to have it next year. Um, If that's the case, currently constructed, you're the St. Louis Cardinals. Are you comfortable with a, let's say, a Newt Bar, DeYoung combination as your designated hitter, but in particular, Lars Newt Bar, do you think he could be an everyday type hitter or player for the Cardinals eventually? As much as I like Lars Newtbar, and he performed exceptionally well for the Cardinals, I don't see him as a starting major league outfielder. And frankly, his bat is not his claim, you know, claim to fame. Again, he, you know, he performed well for St. Louis. No doubt. He performed well in the Arizona Fall League, and he was down there trying to show that he has a little more power. I think he's a valuable guy to have on a major league roster, but I'm not yet convinced that he's uh, an everyday player. Now, you talk about the possibility of a platoon and mixing and matching. It'll be really fascinating to see how. Oliver Marmol manages. You know, we saw Mike Schilt, you know, really got behind the guys that he wanted to play, and same with Mike Matheny before him. Um, but you'd like to see a left-handed batter, you know, really come up and, and you know, get regular at-bats uh, in that offense because, you know, if these young guys – and Juan Yepes is another guy we mentioned, of course, in the mix, again, another right-handed hitter. Um, but, you know, you'd like to see the Cardinals have a, you know, a proven hitter at DH that you know can rake every day, not just – uh, uh, necessarily a, a position where guys can fill when they get a day off of rest. And that kind of brings me to um, a player that 
we've talked about a lot about, but not necessarily in the major league context. And that's Alec Burleson, the left-handed outfielder who played across three levels last year and, uh, you know, is on the cusp of reaching the majors. And I think Alec Burleson is a guy who not, not opening day, but, you know, would sort of be the next man up in the outfield if one of the top four got hurt or there was, there was an issue. And, you know, he's a guy that has enough bat, you know, he might be able to figure into that DH equation down the road too. Yeah, he's an interesting guy, and uh, I'm excited about these young players we've been talking about. And it just seems like every year, Brian, and you know this better than anybody, doing your work with the minor leagues, every year the Cardinals have one or two, if not more, of these players that maybe you've heard about. Now, I know you have, but the casual fan maybe hears about, but then all of a sudden they emerge, and and that's a credit to the organization and I'm not trying to be a, a rights holder here and give all the credit in the world to the organization, but you got to give credit where credit's due. They find players, but I think they do really a remarkable job of, of getting them prepared for Major League Baseball and developing them to when the time comes. And if they're called upon, you know, many of these guys are ready to go and they make an impact. And that's the exciting thing. If you're a prospect watcher, you see these guys. And we didn't even talk about the infielders, right? I mean, obviously, Nolan Gorman, everybody knows about him. But Brendan Donovan's another left-handed batter that we've talked about that can play all around the infield. Uh, you know, he's not an outfielder, but you know, he's a guy that could, could uh, is a very, very good hitter. I, one scout told me he thought Brendan Donovan might be the best pure hitter in the system. And he's a guy that's on the 40-man roster. He's, you know, close to being ready for St. Louis. So, you know, somehow you'd think maybe out of the combination of Donovan and Gorman and Burleson and um, Newt Barr and Yepes, you can find – a combination that that helps helps work and so i get the cardinals on one hand may say hey you know maybe we don't want to spend the money to bring in a kyle schwarber who we know we have to play every day to block these guys but on the other hand you know it takes time to sort them out and you know you want to win games from day one so that's there's always this constant struggle to say you know do i go with the veterans or do i go with the kids i'll wrap it up with this brian you're always busy what are you working on right now at thecardinalnation.com well, we're continuing to report on the players who are um, uh, leading the way in their uh, winter league ball game, uh, leagues. So they're now into the playoffs, getting each country getting ready for the Caribbean Series. So we've uh, talked about some guy, a standout like Wilfredo Pereira. Uh, Yvonne Herrera is now playing and is uh, doing well. So there's some name players who are in you know winter ball right now, even still. Um, we're continuing to bring out prospects in our prospect list, although we're not doing them once a day because, you know, in, until we know for sure when the uh, walk, you know, lockout's going to end, we're just kind of spreading our content out. But we have a uh, lot of detail on all the 12 international signing uh, from this last weekend, and we have new content every day at the Cardinal Nation, even during this period of time. So whether you want to uh, read about prospects, and we're also keeping on top of the Major League action as well. Uh, come on by thecardinalnation.com. Hey, my man, you're the best. As always, I always appreciate your time. I don't think uh, people understand how much time uh, you put into your site, how great it is. It's a valuable source for me, especially early in the season when some of these kids get called up. So uh, I, I just want to say thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody go to thecardinalnation.com, and I'm sure we'll catch up next Wednesday. Sounds good, Dan.